Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. Every MBA program has strengths in certain areas. Some schools have a renowned finance faculty like Wharton and Chicago GSB. Other schools are known for entrepreneurship or general management. By exploring a school's MBA concentrations, you'll get a sense of a program's strengths and can then determine if it's aligned with your future goals. In part one and two of our series on MBA tracks, we explored eight different fields, some of which included real estate and technology. We continue the series with part three. This time, we explore MBA specialties in human resource management, accounting, operations management, and supply chains. Our guests include professors and directors of top-ranked programs in these fields. If you missed part one or two of our series, visit our website, mbapodcaster.com. Employees are the most important assets to any business. That's why how human resources are managed often contributes to the success or failure of an organization. The Cranert School of Management of Purdue University offers a master's in human resource management as well as an MBA with a concentration in HR. Chuck Johnson is director of professional master's programs. Human resource managers have a storied history in things like personnel administration and payroll and hiring and benefits and things like that. And and while many of those functions today are still part of what we might consider to be human resource management, even more so today they're involved in the development of the workforce, the attraction of new talent, the retention of of existing talent, and helping the organization to sometimes make the talent or develop the talent in a way that will help it be most effective. And that involves things such as systems for rewards and uh, systems to help the organization become better, more nimble. Oftentimes it involves uh, things like uh, performance evaluation and performance uh, management systems, uh, helping managers become more effective at uh, uh, managing their employees, uh, a wide range of uh, uh, different activities. At Cranert, Johnson says the MBA in HR and the Master's in HR are fairly similar. However, he says the MBA gives students more of an overview of human resource management rather than going in-depth. It does give you, I think, a good appreciation and perhaps a good preparation for HR, whereas our, our MSHRM, for example, um, the students do a slightly smaller version of the MBA core curriculum, but they still get accounting and finance and marketing and operations and strategy and things like that, but they get a little bit more coursework in human resource management as part of their required curriculum. So. That's probably the, the main difference between our, our MBA program and our MSHRM program. From a uh, uh, across the, the country standpoint, you probably see a wide range. You'd see some schools where the degree came out of, say, an industrial and labor relations school, and it might be much more pure industrial labor relations, human resources, and less about necessarily the accounting, finance, marketing, and business side of things. Some programs you're going to see perhaps you know, a little bit more business. It kind of depends. I think when you look at... Uh, Degrees that are MSs in human resource management, you might see more of the business background. And if you look at, uh, and this is not a 
this is not a, an absolute, but it's just kind of a tendency to look at, you know, are they MSs in human resource management or are they masters in industrial and labor relations? Kind of what's the history behind the degree might drive the, the contents to some extent. Deciding between an MBA or an MS in HR depends on your past experience and where you want to go, says Johnson. In, in my experience, if a person has little background in human resource management, and they have a desire to move into that direction uh, as far as a career path, whether it's human resource management or consulting or to move into uh, a specific functional area within HR. The less background they have in HR, the more, I think, a specialized degree in human resource management can be to their advantage. Um, I think for a person who might come to a program with already having an HR background, who, who may want to stay in HR, but may also want to go into different areas. Um, the, the more general management curriculum of the MBA with a little bit less focus on HR probably would serve them better. The MSHRM and the MBA in HR, you know, those students are recruited alongside one another. You know, I think, again, depending on the person's background, if a person has no background in HR and they're doing the MBA with an HR concentration, they may not be perceived as strong as perhaps the person who has the MSHRM. But if a person has prior HR background, you know, that they're not coming from finance or they're not coming from marketing or something, but they've worked in HR, then the MBA with an HRM concentration, that can be very appealing. Human resource management is a growing field in need of qualified professionals. Johnson says having the formal training of an MBA or a master's will have a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Globalization has also affected HR management. Johnson says this is an area just beginning to open up. And organizations, especially those that have very strong HR cultures, if you will, are looking for ways to be able to to manage very culturally and, and geographically diverse populations of employees. And they're looking at HR practices across the globe, really. And that's kind of an interesting and, and fascinating new area for HR. Success of an organization is often based on HR practices, says Johnson. Take, for example, mergers and acquisitions. A lot of times in business school, we teach about how to value uh, an organization for a merger or an acquisition. Um, and we give them a lot of the, uh, the tools to be able to make the deals happen. But where business really succeeds or fails is what happens after that merger. And in a lot of cases, it's how do we integrate the people? How do we make sure that the, 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 the processes we have in place are going to work? Uh, I'm working with a, with a company right now through our executive education area, and their, their, their challenge is how do we retain some of our best talent in a time of uncertainty? It's a real key challenge. Even though you've been very loyal to the organization and very happy in the organization, as things are changing, how do we as a company reassure you that you're still going to be valued the same way or the things that attract you to this firm or this industry are going to stay there? And HR is a huge part of that. And without that key talent staying, many times the value in the, uh, in the merger or the acquisition goes out the window. So it's not just about putting the numbers on the spreadsheet. It's also about how do we drive it and make it really happen in reality. Stay tuned to the rest of the program after a brief word from our sponsor. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Expedus Consulting. Expedus is a leading admissions consulting and personal branding company that helps applicants gain admission to elite MBA programs around the world. Expedus was founded by a former Harvard Business School admissions board member with 10 years of admissions experience. With an admission success rate of over 90%, Expedus uses unique branding strategies to help candidates gain an edge in the competitive applicant pool. To sign up for a brand assessment or attend an upcoming Expedus one-day admissions branding workshop, visit www.expedus.com. 
That's www.expartus.com. It's not uncommon for those with an accounting background to pursue an MBA, but those without prior experience have the option at many business schools to concentrate or specialize in accounting. Eric Hurst is a professor of accounting and associate dean for graduate programs at the McCombs School of Business at the University of Texas, Austin. MBAs at the University of Texas typically will not concentrate only in accounting. What they'll do is they'll take a lot of accounting to supplement typically a finance concentration or a finance specialization. We also have folks who want to be consultants, and they will also realize the value of having a very, very solid background in accounting. So the kinds of careers that, that most of our students who specialize or, or take more than the average amount of accounting, they're going to go into either corporate finance, investment banking, or consulting. Those are the, the three main areas they'll go in. We have a, a Master of Professional Accounting program, so that's where people typically become CPAs. In the MBA program, what, what happens is we have people who come in, and they may or may not be CPAs already, but they want to really solidify their, their accounting knowledge while they pursue other careers or other tracks so that accounting is a, a means to an end and not the end itself. Hurst says MBAs who specialize in accounting will work in companies like Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, and Morgan Stanley. These are the same jobs that finance students are trying to get, he says, but... You can distinguish yourself from that big pool by having that solid understanding of accounting along with the finance. If you're going to be a high-quality finance practitioner, you need to understand really, really well where your data are coming from. And if you're going to be a high-quality consultant, you're going to need to understand how risk is measured, how risk is controlled, how strategies to be implemented need to have high-quality information feeding the decision-maker. And this is really what, what accounting is all about. It's about reporting on what's been happening, on indications of where we're going, about setting up information systems and control systems that allow managers to feed decision makers and track whether decision makers, managers, leaders are on track or not. Hurst says when considering MBA programs with an accounting concentration, look for schools that are strong in finance. More and more accounting is based on what we call fair values. And fair values come out of valuation models. Sometimes they come out of market prices, but there are an awful lot of assets, of liabilities. These are sort of the core of what accountants measure, assets and liabilities, that require measurement using much more sophisticated models. In other words, it's not a question of look up an invoice anymore. It's a question of saying, we've got goodwill on the balance sheet. Is that goodwill overvalued or not? It has to run through an impairment test. To do that impairment test, you need to value some subset of a business. Well, this is the domain of economics and finance. Increasingly, those domains are spilling over into accounting. And so the best accountants are the ones who really have a very solid understanding of economics and finance as well. <music> 
Leslie Cromer is Associate Director of the Career Opportunities Center at the Tepper School of Business of Carnegie Mellon University. Tepper was ranked number two by U.S. News & World Report for its operations and production specialty. Cromer says operation management is how you allow goods and services to be produced. So you may be looking at a situation where you need to produce a tangible good, and you have an entire operations network set up in order to enable that. You may also be involved in producing a certain service or delivering a given service. And so operations management is a function that helps you determine how you're going to actually set up and deliver that service. Cromers says MBAs with an operations concentration generally go in two directions. The one path is pursuing a career in operations consulting. There are a number of consulting firms that either specialize in operations consulting or have branches of their firm that focus on it. So that's one area. The other area, of course, is we see individuals going into the more traditional production and operations management. Uh, so they may be responsible for uh, a network of facilities. They may be responsible for a section of that company's supply chain, interacting with suppliers or interacting with the actual transformation of raw materials and services into the finished product, or they may also be involved in the distribution and the logistics piece of it in order to get the finished goods into their customers' hands. Those interested in the more traditional operation management roles tend to have an operations background, says Kramer. But those going into consulting don't often have prior experience. She says MBAs with an operations concentration can work for consulting firms that have an operations group. And so sometimes you'll have an individual that says, that's really where I want to focus my attention on. So I'm going to specify that I'm interested in working in this functional group within this consulting firm. And that group focuses on operations-type problems. Other firms, say ATK, have a, a fairly operations focus to a lot of the work they do. And so, you know, individuals might say, I'm going to choose to pursue a career with ATK, with AT Kearney, you know, because I know that I'm very interested in operations type problems. And I know that they do a variety of work, but they also have, you know, quite a substantial amount of their, uh, their bookings are associated with operations related work. Other individuals choose to say, I'm just going into general management consulting, but if there's a specific group that focuses more on operations issues, over time I may want to gravitate towards that. People who are comfortable with others from various backgrounds tend to do well in operations management, says Cromer. She says you should also be quantitatively adept and be someone who enjoys seeing tangible results. The field of operations management is currently undergoing some change. That's why recently it hasn't been that popular. Operations has been a tough choice for people over the last few years because you've had quite a migration of manufacturing and operations-related activities outside of the United States. But on the flip side, I think that's presented all sorts of opportunities in that many companies are now recognizing they really need to set up their business in a global fashion. They're looking at a supply chain that has increased significantly. They may have, you know, suppliers in parts of Asia, and they've never dealt with the issues associated with getting goods, whether it's 
finished goods or whether it's components, subassemblies, whatever, and transporting them thousands of miles in order to meet their customer demand on a very, very consistent basis. So there are all sorts of very interesting challenges that have come about as supply chains lengthen, as companies really look at their operations from a global perspective as opposed to just a you know, individual country or even regional perspective. Supply chain management is a subdivision of operations management. It's the process of acquisition of raw materials through to the transformation into a desired good. Dwight Smith-Daniels is faculty director of the Supply Chain Management Concentration at the Carey School of Business of Arizona State University. He says Dell Computers is an example of a company good at managing their supply chain. Dell is not alone. They just happen to be the one that's most obvious because of the, the notion of, I, you know, I, I order a computer over the, over the Internet from their webpage, and I have it on my doorstep a week later, and nothing really happens until I place my order means you don't have weeks and weeks to wait for somebody to make a chip and then weeks and weeks to wait for somebody to assemble a computer. It all has to happen very rapidly. And so we're seeing the pressure to do that, of course, in, in many manufacturing organizations, but we also want to see it in services. I mean, we're very, you know, we, we, our expectations have increased uh, with the improvements in information systems. Kerry was ranked number three in the nation for its supply chain specialty by U.S. News & World Report. The business school also offers undergraduate degrees in supply chain management. Smith Daniels says undergraduates, however, end up in different functional areas. We, we tend to see the gr- undergraduate major is hired into basically into, into to positions such as buyers, and they're, they're purchasing particular items from, from suppliers, and we see them uh, moving into, for, for instance, into scheduling positions in manufacturing and distribution. We see the the MBA graduates uh, really two different components of of what these people are asked to do is typically they're asked to manage people that they're involved in uh, engaging in various activities in the supply chain such as buyers, but they're also asked to, to manage entire commodities, entire range of commodities. Also, we see our MBAs being hired because supply chain management is still in its infancy as a field. And they're really being asked to change what's happening in organizations in the supply chains. And that can involve such things as as, uh, new processes, new systems. They're also responsible, in many cases, for managing change projects within the supply chain and improving that organization's supply chain. Smith Daniels says if you're interested in supply chains, nowadays you'll have to be able to work internationally as a lot of business is done abroad. And he says there are many opportunities for MBAs in this field in a wide range of industries. Most recently, we've seen about a third of our graduates move into service organizations, healthcare, uh, financial services. Uh, we've had a number of graduates uh, working, in, for instance, in, in financial services in both banks and insurance companies because of the, the necessity of purchasing services. To give you an example, I, I'm doing some work in, in managing supply chain projects with an aerospace company, and they've outsourced a good portion of their financial service activities, a good portion of their, their uh, accounting activities to overseas organizations. And so they're looking to supply chain managers to manage those, those suppliers. So there's a greater and greater portion of, of services that are outsourced, and MBAs then are called upon, you know, our graduates are called upon to manage these these people. Now, still many going into traditional positions in supply chains and manufacturing organizations, 
in, in the high-tech sector, including uh, semiconductors, telecommunications, aerospace manufacturing, automobiles, other hard manufacturing, and certainly in um, consumer products. A lot of them are still working in consumer products. I can't target any specific industry and say that's a specific industry that's hiring. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Expedus Consulting. Expedus is a leading admissions consulting and personal branding company that helps applicants gain admission to elite MBA programs around the world. Expedus was founded by a former Harvard Business School admissions board member with 10 years of admissions experience. With an admission success rate of over 90%, Expedus uses unique branding strategies to help candidates gain an edge in the competitive applicant pool. To sign up for a brand assessment or attend an upcoming Expedus one-day admissions branding workshop, visit www.expedus.com. That's www.expartus.com. For more information, advice, and to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. I'm Janet Nicano, and this is MBA Podcaster. Thanks for joining us, and listen next time for another topic to help you succeed in your MBA application process and life beyond.